you found John chapter 4 and you're able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. John chapter 4, we'll begin in verse number 46 and read down through 54, which is the end of the chapter. John chapter 4, verse 46, So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. I want to come back and look at verse number 50, where it says, Jesus saith unto them, Go thy way, thy son liveth. It's amazing that's the same statement, thy son liveth, that they came and said in verse number 53. But the end of the verse is what I want to look at this morning. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And I love the faith that this man exercised in the Lord Jesus Christ at this point. And I want to preach and share a few thoughts on this subject matter this morning on believing when it's not seen. Believing when it's not seen. I'm going to have a word of prayer and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God that desires for us to cast all of our care upon you, to come to you for rest. Lord, that we can exercise our faith in you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us today, encourage us, Lord, be with that one that may be here today, and they may be of little faith. But Lord, there may be some that are of no faith. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to their hearts, and, and Lord, that the Holy Spirit would do the work that only he can do. And we'll trust you for it now. Have your will and way. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today we live in a society, and may I say not just a physical society, but in a spiritual society that we hear the phrase that seeing is believing. And I don't know if you've ever said that. Sometimes we apply it to people's lives. Well, they've made a difference. They've turned over a new leaf. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. And yes, there are places that that would apply, and we understand that. But yet, We live in a society also that may remind us that we can't just believe everything that our eyes behold. And you know that as well as I do. 
especially, and this has been a hot topic lately, especially in the news media, on the subject matter of AI. Has anybody been keeping up with any of the subject matter of AI stands for artificial intelligence, okay? And so especially even in this world, like for example, probably about a month ago, uh, there was a picture that was circulating around. Some of you maybe saw this on social media, a picture circulating around of the Pope uh, wearing this great big long puffy white jacket. Did anybody see that picture going around? And uh, 100% false. It was all put together by artificial intelligence. And I actually read and watched an entire news article on this that over the next few years, we're going to have to be so careful about just what we see and say, oh, that's 100% true because I saw that picture. You know as well as I do that that all can be doctored today and can be changed. But yet when we look back into the Scripture... Listen, there's, there's been a desire since the beginning of time to be able to see it with our eyes and then we would believe it. But yet, according to the scripture, it's not always that the seeing that is believing, but many times it's the believing that causes the seeing. And we won't take the time to go throughout all the scriptures this morning, but yet things in the scripture a lot of times are totally backwards to what society would say today. Well, you show it to me and then I'll believe it. And I believe a lot of times in the scripture, God's saying, go ahead and believe it by faith and then you'll be able to see it. One of the examples that's given of this in Scripture is after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that he appeared uh, that night in the upper room with the uh, apostles that were there, and there was one of the apostles that was missing by the name of Thomas. And they, after he came back, wherever he was, maybe he ran out to Walmart, I'm not sure. But uh, wherever he was, he comes back in. Can you imagine the excitement that the disciples had that night saying, hey, we've seen the resurrected Christ. He appeared in the upper room. We've been able to talk to him. Luke chapter 24, Jesus said that he was flesh and bone. He was there. He actually ate fish with them after he rose from the dead. And they're all excited about seeing Jesus. How many have ever heard the term Doubton Thomas? Okay, that's where it comes from. Because Thomas said, well, unless I see him, I'll not believe unless I can thrust my fingers into the the, the nail-pierced hands and thrust my hand into the side where that Roman soldier thrust that spear up into him, I won't believe unless I can see it and I can feel it. A week later, Jesus showed up again, walked right over to Thomas, said, go ahead. Aren't you thankful that the Lord just always gives us exactly what we need? He'd gone that entire week. I wonder what his thought process with, because we just have it in a matter of a few verses, and that entire week goes by and Jesus shows up. Listen, goes right to Thomas, I believe, says, go ahead. Now will you believe? And Jesus said, blessed are you for believing, but blessed are they that see not, but yet they believe. 
And we look throughout Scripture, and there are some, and I've, I've heard this before, of examples like this that are taking place. Well, I need to see God. I need to touch God. I need to, I need to hear His voice audibly in order to be able to believe. And uh, I heard of a little boy that was in a classroom one time, and someone was saying, well, based upon this argument, no, he, no one here has ever seen God. No one's here ever audibly heard the voice, and no one here has ever handled God. So based upon that theory, then God's not true and God's not real. The little boy put his hand up and he said, has anybody here ever seen the teacher's brain? (laughs) Anybody here ever felt the teacher's brain? Anybody here ever handled the teacher's brain? They said, well, based upon that argument that you just gave, there isn't one. You've got to be careful about some of the things we say. Well, no, we have scientific proof. We won't get into all that this morning. We have scientific proof too, and it backs up the Bible. We understand this understanding, believing when it's not seen. You say, Pastor, how does this apply to us this morning as we get into the Scriptures? Let me say this. As we're going through life, there are times that we do not have all the answers. Anybody ever been there? My dad said this. He said he was going to Uh, write a book on the top 1,000 questions and answers that everybody has going through their life. And he said, I think I've got half of it all done. He said, I've got all the questions. He said, the part that I don't have is all the answers. And we go through times like that in our lives and we're wondering, okay, what is the outcome of this? What is the answer to this? God, what is the destination? What's taking place? And we're given from scriptures here the great lesson that God's trying to teach to us, listen, of believing when it's not seen. And we have this nobleman that has heard about Jesus. Now understand this, his fame has not gone too far. The only miracle that he's ever done is turn water into wine. That's the only miracle that Jesus has accomplished. He has not raised the dead. He has not walked on water. He has not healed the leper. He has not uh, healed the, the withered hand. He has not caused the blind to see. All he's done, and I say all he's done, is turn water to wine at the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. That's the only thing he's done. But yet, if someone can do that, here this man has the confidence and he travels at least a couple days' journey to be able to go see Jesus, doesn't take his son with him. His son is nigh unto death. That's what the Bible says. That's the testimony in verse number 47. He was at the point of death, and this man journeys to be able to get to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you come to my house and heal my son? We see a few things down through here, some lessons that I believe that the Lord Jesus is trying to teach us down through here. And the first thing I thought was very interesting in verse number 48, he says, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. And I believe the first lesson we need to understand is that there's always a desire for the great experience to take place. There's a desire for the experience. The first statement Jesus is recorded saying here is, listen, you you won't even believe unless you see signs and wonders. Everybody's looking for that lightning strike experience to take place in life. 
Mankind always desires a sign to be able to base their faith upon. Let me show you something here in 1 Corinthians. You don't have to turn over there. These references I'll give to you. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number uh, 21. I'll start with this. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but... We preach Christ crucified. Now, here's the message. It's not about when he's saying here, hey, the Jews are requiring a sign. The Greeks are going after wisdom. You say, what about all those things? He said, listen, it's not about the signs. It's not about the wisdom. We preach Christ crucified. Christ is the message, but the world today is looking, listen, for some experience, and may I even say some supernatural experience to be able to take place, and they want that lightning strike moment, may I remind us that's not always how God desires to work in our hearts and lives. It's not always that. It, we want lights and visions and lightning from heaven, and, and Lord, if you would just reveal yourself and show yourself real. Listen, he's done that all around us, if we would actually just open our eyes and approach it from a biblical standpoint and say, you know something, look at the creator that's out here. How did all that come together? Well, it came by a big explosion. That would be the first and the only time, even based upon scientific experiment, that an explosion ever created order in anything. the desire for the experience. Well, pastor, if you can have God come down and show me uh, right here and stand in front of me, then I'll believe. It's not a matter of that. It's not a matter of God coming down and slapping me upside the head to be able to show that he's real. I said that to me because I didn't want you to think I was condoning violence on any of you. How many have ever spiritually just had God do that though? just kind of slap you right between the eyes and say, hey, I am still here, I am real, and I just want you to know that I'm here. There is a God in heaven. And the first thing that Jesus is saying here is, listen, you're not trusted in me. You want to see the signs and the wonders. And if you don't see them, then you're not going to believe. There's those that we come in contact with. Pastor, if you can lighten and strike me and show it to me, then I'll believe. Listen, I believe even if that happened, some of the people wouldn't believe. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ came down. Listen, Jesus said it over in Luke chapter number 16 that, listen, if they won't believe the the prophets and and Moses from the scriptures, they're not going to believe someone coming back from the dead. Do you understand Jesus literally got up and walked out of the grave after he had been dead for three days, rose from the dead? And there were still people that didn't believe in him. What about those that were gathered around and you had Lazarus? After four days, Jesus goes by or gets the stone rolled away, calls Lazarus forth. Lazarus is raised from the dead. There's still people that are there saying, yeah, I I don't really believe that. Listen, I could try to convince you all day long, but if you don't want to believe my my shirt is white today, there's, there's nothing I can do for you. 
You may sit there all day long and say, I don't care if you say that's white. I think that's a pink shirt. I'm going to change your mind. There's some things you just got to believe. And when God's revealing himself to you and saying, hey, you know this is true, a stirring in that heart. Well, listen, that's not where this nobleman stopped. He didn't take this from the Lord and say, well, you know, I'm right. You got you to gotta go ahead and raise my son uh, from the point of death, and then I'll believe in you. Listen, that's not where the nobleman was. He said, Lord, if you just come down in verse number 49, come down ere my child die. He knew that the only hope for his son and in his family was in the Lord Jesus Christ. He got past the desire for the experience. And let me say this, and I believe this is a great lesson that is taught here in this passage of Scripture, that we see the dependence upon the Word of God. The dependence upon the Word of God. You say, what do you mean? I'm talking about Jesus said in verse number 50, go thy way, thy son liveth. Do you understand what the next phrase says? And the man believed the word. All he had, he didn't have years of experience of getting to know Jesus. All he might have heard the testimony of, hey, here's one that turned water into wine. Well, I wonder if he can raise my son from the point of death. I wonder if he can get him back healthy again. And when Jesus said, go thy way, thy son liveth, the Bible's very specific and says he believed the word. The man believed the word of the Lord Jesus. You say, well, I guess if Jesus was here and he would physically say to me, this is what's true. Hey, can I just remind us that is what the Bible is. This is the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ to mankind. In fact, even the apostle Paul said it over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. He said, how can you not believe the resurrection if it's preached unto you? Just the fact that it is preached ought to be enough proof that it's true because it's from the Word of God. Now, unfortunately, and I get this, just because some people get up and preach today doesn't mean that it's 100% true. But if they're staying with the Bible, guess what? It's true. Believing, you say, well, pastor, I just don't see it. Well, believing even when it's not seen. You see, we can have this opportunity to be able to apply this into several areas of our lives. You say, well, pastor, I'm going through this trial and this tribulation right now, and I don't see how I'm going to make it. But we have his word on it. You see, there's times in my life that the only thing that I can hold on to is not the comfort from friends. We know how friends can be. Just go ask Job, okay? <coughs> go ask Job. Hey, how are things? His friends tore him up one side and down the other. How many have ever had a good friend like that? Listen, if there weren't friends like that out there, then we wouldn't have had that statement with friends like that who needs enemies. Guess where that statement came from? Was friends that turned the opposite direction. You say, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through. All I have is God's word. Listen, when all you have is God's word, all you need is God's word. 
There's been times, listen, going through things in life, you know as well as I do, you may be praying for a, a lost loved one. You may be praying for a, a child that's, that's away from God. You may be praying, listen, for, for someone to get saved. You may be praying for this sickness. You may be praying for this impossible situation. And all you have to hold on to is God said. That's all I can hold on to. You know, there's times, listen, and we won't go back into all the testimonies of it, but there were times as, as my wife and I were traveling and, and we, were, we were flying overseas, we were doing the mission work, God's allowed us to be able to set foot on six different continents, be able to see people saved and, and be able to see lives change, encourage the, the pastors and the churches that are there. Hey, there were some times we sat there and said, I don't know how we're going to do it. I just, I just don't understand. But I have God's word that said it's go time. I have God's word that this is the right thing to do. There were those, listen, I'll just be transparent with you. Ten years ago, as we were having conversations, in fact, coming up in this next week is when we actually had a, a signature and closing on our house in Tennessee to be able to move up here, to be able to start Granite State Baptist Church. And I had a man walk into my office down in Tennessee as I was serving as the vice president for the Rock of Ages. And he walked in, sat down, said, what in the world are you doing? I said, good question. He asked me that. He said, how's that all going to happen? He said, I thought you'd just stay right here and take over this ministry at some point in the future. I said, it's not what God has. He said, what are you going to do up there? I said, I'm not sure. I said, I'm going to go up and start telling people about Jesus. And I said, I'm going to open up every Sunday and I'm going to open up a Bible. And I said, I'm going to preach what the Bible says. And I said, tell people about Jesus and I'm going to love them to the best of my human ability. And I said, be able to teach them about Jesus and teach the Bible. I said, other than that, we'll see what happens. I said, that's in, that's in God's hands. I said, we're going to trust him. I said, but I got God's word on it. And I gave him my verses. God was speaking to my heart about we came up here, we spent about two days in Concord. That's the most time I'd ever spent in Concord. I said, I believe God wants us to come. And I went back down. We had a contract on our house. Now, listen, I'm getting somewhere. Had a contract on our house. We packed everything up, and before we were ready to move, we had to move because God sold our house. We didn't have any place to live. A friend of ours in Hillsboro said, I got a barn out here. It was a pretty nice barn concrete floor very nice he said you can go ahead and put your stuff in our in our barn to be able to store it and i said that'd be fine i said we'll do that so we moved it up here now listen i'm driving north on i-81 worst road i, I hate i-81 just too long of a road from scranton pennsylvania to knoxville tennessee i-81 is too long of a road and i'm driving up and i'll just be honest with you it was the mason dixon line and i'm a i'm a yankee Hey, listen, I was born and raised in Maine. And I cross that Mason-Dixon line, and I'm driving a 20-foot, six, uh, a 26-foot Penske truck. And I cross that line, and I said, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> I said, we, di we just pack everything up down there. And I said, all of our earthly possessions are in the back of this truck. You say, Pastor, what did you have? You probably already had this land picked out. You probably already had this built. I, no. But I had God's word. 
And I also knew that God's word would not return unto him void. And you say, well, pastor, what about your experiences? Let me share a few verses with us. I just want to read a few over in 2 Peter chapter number 1. Because some are looking for that lightning bolt experience. And guess what? It wasn't even a lightning bolt experience to pack our family up. My son Peter thought we were lying when we told him we were moving up here. That's his testimony. He started laughing and said, yeah, right. We started packing his room up. He did. <laughs> He said, this is real. I want you to see what Peter says. And this is the apostle Peter, second Peter chapter one. He said in verse number 16, he said, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from, from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. How many would love to have been able to be there and be able to hear that voice thunder from heaven and be able to confirm, here's the Lord Jesus Christ. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. You say, pastor, that's the experience that I'm looking for. Keep reading. Because here's what Peter said. We heard that voice. We saw his majesty. We saw the glory and the honor. But in verse number 19, he said this, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that the prophecy of the Scripture is of, no, uh, is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You say, Pastor, I want that, that mountaintop thundering experience to be able to hear the voice from heaven. We don't need that because the Bible says we have a more sure word of prophecy. We have the word of God. You say, well, I don't know if I can believe that. I want, I want to, listen, if you're not going to believe what he's given to us, there's a good possibility you won't believe it coming from heaven either. If you don't believe what God has placed in front of us, you say, I want that experience. Listen, better than that experience, a more sure word of prophecy is the word of God that we have in our hands today a more sure word of prophecy. You say, I want something else. No, it's the dependence upon the word of God. You say, Pastor, am I going to make it through? Sometimes you can't see it, but believe in when you can't be seen. Are we going to make it through to the end? Sure we are. You say, how do you know? I've read the back of the book. And we win. How many here, when you start to read a book, you read the... My wife does this. When she picks up any book, she goes and reads the last chapter to see if it's worth her time. That's what she does. Reads the, reads the last chapter, is this worth my time? And if it seems worth her time, she goes back and she'll read the book. Hey, listen, 
You can go back and read. Guess what? At the end of it, the book of Revelation, we win. We make it through. We are forever with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So listen, yes, by faith, we have God's word on it. You say, but I don't see it. Believe it till you see it. Finally, here's what this man did. The Bible says at the end of verse number 50, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. I want you to see, listen, when we get to the point, we get past the desire for the experience and say, that's what I'm looking for. When we get to the point of the dependence upon the word of God and say, God, I have your word on it. And so that's what I'm going to be holding to. Listen, I can encourage us based upon that. Listen, get away from the experience, get based upon the word of God. And then I'll say this, what we have take place here is the departing and walking in faith. He turned around and walked away. You say, why? Because he had God's word on it. Why did he start walking? The Bible says when he was walking down. Listen, that doesn't mean he was down and depressed. It means geographically he was going from one place to the other. And here they come and meet him. There's four things. One, we have a company that met him. The Bible says his servants met him in verse number 51. And then the conversation that takes place saying, thy son liveth. And that starts a conversation. Because now the nobleman, who we have no name about, the nobleman looks at him and says, when was it? And he started to get better. When was it? Listen, started this conversation and listen, he asked him and inquired and they confirmed the timeline. Well, it was the seventh hour yesterday when that happened. Do you know what went off in his head? That's when Jesus said, thy son liveth. Isn't it amazing that when God works, it is confirmed. And it's amazing how many times throughout scripture, listen, that man did not see it with his eyes. Even at this moment, he has not seen his son off his deathbed. All he knows is he had God's word and Jesus said, he's going to be fine. And he's walking home. They meet him. I mean, the conversation takes place. And then the confidence that it was Jesus, he says in verse number 53, so the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth. Now, here's the next level of belief. And himself believed and his whole house. Do you understand what it was for that father to be able to walk back into that house? Listen, and you say, well, pastor, this isn't, this isn't written in the Bible here. I envision that dad walking back into that house and that boy running out and jumping up and hugging his neck. Well, Bible doesn't say that. I just know human nature. But can you imagine that father? Hey, now listen, I believe this. In order for that household to believe, I believe a father sat him down and said, I sure hope y'all believe this. (laughs) 
and sat him down and said, do you understand yesterday at about the seventh hour, I was standing there with this man named Jesus. Well, what has he done? I don't know. All I've heard is he turned water into wine, but he told me to come back home and my son was fine and he liveth and it'll be okay. And I turned around and started walking home. They met me. They started talking. The Bible says that he believed and his whole household believed. And I thought, what a difference it would make if we'd have some people listen that would believe, even though you might not be able to see it. You say, well, what's going to happen when we believe? Exactly what this man did. When this man believed and went his way, do you understand he kept walking that direction? You say, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Then what you do is get up tomorrow morning and you put one foot in front of the other and you keep going the direction that God has led you to go in. You say, I don't see the end of the road. I'm tired of seeing a light at the end of the tunnel and it's always a train coming at me. You still got to keep walking. You still got to keep going. You say, but pastor, it's difficult. Listen, he didn't see his boy. Do you understand when this man left and went to find Jesus at that point? I honestly believe in his mind and in his heart, he might've believed that the next time he saw his boy would be at the funeral. He's at the point of death. But listen, all I have for hope is Jesus. And it may be that way in your heart and life, whatever you're facing and you're going through right now, you're saying, I just can't make it, I can't get it through. Your only hope may be Jesus. Can I encourage you? If that's your only hope, you've got the greatest hope in the world. And hold on to him and believe him and say, listen, if that Bible says it's true, then I'm holding on to it. Listen, you won't ever come to me and say that's not true. My whole life is based upon this book. My whole eternity is based upon this book. My marriage, my child rearing, everything. My Listen, my philosophy of ministry and getting up and being a pastor and how I deal with things, it's all based on this book. You know why? Because I know I can't do it, but I'll go with what Jesus said. And if that's all I've got is what Jesus said, then that's my hope to keep walking. That's my hope to put one foot in front of the other. You say, Pastor, I'm, it's just an insurmountable mountain right now that I'm facing. It's an elephant. You know that. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I'm not saying you got God's word on that, okay? But I'm saying, how do we get through that? One step at a time. I got God's word on. Pastor, you understand this economic situation that we're in and that we're getting ready to go into? Yeah, but I've got God's word on it. We're going to be okay. We're going to be making it. There's, there's principles of the word of God that, listen, I, I guarantee, based upon the authority of God's word, you follow them, you obey the word of God, it'll be all right. It'll be fine. You say, you have that much confidence? Listen, believing when it's not seen. Well, for me, seeing is believing you're going to get tripped up once in a while. But if your believing is seeing, then we have God's word on it. Get past the lightning bolt experience, have dependence upon the word of God, and then depart and walk in faith saying, God, I got your word on it. I'm going to keep going. God, I know this is what you've got. Now, listen, I'm not talking foolishness now. I'm not talking that I'm going to stand out here on the yellow line. It's motorcycle week, by the way. 
I'm going to stand out there on the yellow line, and boy, I'm just going to be okay. Them tractor-trailer trucks that are doing 50 miles an hour coming by, oh, they won't hurt me. That's just foolish. I'm not talking about I'm going to get up on top of a mountain, stand on the edge of the cliff and say, hey, I believe God's got me. I'm jumping off. I believe I'd stand before the Lord in about 30 seconds and he'd say, that was foolish, wasn't it? <laughs> I, just, I just believe that he'd look at us and say that. Glad to have you here, but that was foolish. <laughs> Didn't work, did it? Listen, I'm not talking about living foolishly. But I am talking about, listen, the Bible for salvation. You say, well, I'll just take my word for it, and I believe that I'll be okay. No, I'd rather take God's word for it. You see, the Bible tells us that we're all sinners. The Bible tells us that Jesus paid the price for our sin because we can't pay it on our own. And Jesus said that if you'll confess and believe and call upon him, guess what? We can have eternal salvation. You say, how do you know? We got his word on it. And if we don't have it, then that makes him a liar. And the Bible says that God can't lie. It's impossible for him to lie. And I'm so thankful that the Lord's able to change a life. But what is it today that you're facing? And you'd say, Lord, I need to believe you even though I can't see it all. I'm not talking about blind faith. Because I'll say this, I don't believe in blind faith. You say, Pastor, that's what you've been preaching about. No. I got God's word on it. It's not blind faith when I've got God's word. I'm just stepping out in the faith of what God's given to me. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm going to keep pressing forward, doing what I know to be right because I've got God's word on it and I'm going to walk in faith. Listen, trust him for your salvation. You say, well, I'm trying to work my way there. You got God's word on that, you can't do it. So you might as well give up now and trust Christ and place your faith and trust in him whether it be your family, your relationships, your job, whatever it may be, hey, take God's word on it. Take God's word. Believing when it's not seen, but with God's word.